Luke chapter number 10, we'll look at two verses of Scripture. We're going to finish up the series that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. Uh, this will be part three in the ending part of God the Gardener. And we're going to be looking at today the title of the message is The Harvest. Those of you that seen on Facebook, there was a lot of my friends and stuff like that that did harvest some uh, deer this week and... I know a good friend of mine back home killed a nice one uh, Thanksgiving Day. I got fortunate and the Lord gave me one on Wednesday evening. I'm blessed beyond measure with that. And I just, all I'm doing is by just living the, the Word of God. Genesis chapter number 27 tells about deer hunting. So, see, that's why I do it. But anyway... No, that's not why I do it. I do it to keep my sanity. Sometimes I just sitting in that stand. I, I, I sit there and I ask the Lord. I said, don't give me nothing. Just let me clear my brain. That was a couple of evenings ago on Monday. Not a hair come out. I was like, thank you, Lord. What a blessing. But see, that's the thing. All of us need that outlet. Sometimes it's working in the yard that some people do. You know, working in the yard. Got that word in front of it, work. Anyway, we're going to look at the harvest. Man, I, everybody is so serious this morning. Everybody's just like staring at me. Makes me wonder if I got something wrong with my hair. Exactly. Genesis, I mean, Luke chapter number 10. We're going to be looking at verse number 1 where it says, and after, it says, After these things the Lord appointed uh, other seventy also, and sent them two by and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Verse number 2 says, and this will be our text, it says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of, of harvest. And it says here, The Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we do pray that you would help us and guide us and direct us as we try to uh, just preach your word. Lord, we just ask you now to be with us, be with the church, help our church to, uh, to have ears that hear, give clarity and understanding of thy precious word. And Lord, what we'll do is we'll just give you praise, honor, and glory for it. Also, Lord, we do pray that if there's one in our midst that doesn't know you as personal Savior, that today would be that day of salvation. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, if there's any in our midst that uh, is considering join up with our church, Lord, that today would be that day that they would come and do that. But Lord, there may be one that's in our congregation, Lord, that's saved. And Lord, just hadn't been living for you, Lord. I pray that today would be that day that they would just get things right, rededicate their life to you. And what we'll do is give you praise, honor, and glory for it. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you look back in chapter number 9, you see that Jesus sent 12 disciples out into Galilee. And see, he, and he sent those, those men out before he got there. And see, here in this chapter, Jesus was heading to Judea, and so he was ascending to 70 preachers out in the, into the field. It's been speculated that, uh, that this 70 was uh, reason it was more is because the area was a whole lot bigger in population, so he needed more help. 
Seventy represents God's administration. Uh, so, you know, the, it, it could be that mission field was just a, a whole lot broader and uh, everything than Galilee. We just don't know. But see, the, the, what the reason is for that extra manpower that was being set forth. And see, we want to ask this question today. Where are those same laborers at today? Where are they at today? See, we don't see that type of laborers coming out. See, that's the reason I got so excited about these young people getting their, giving their hearts to Christ. Because of the fact that, look, there might be a missionary sitting there. There very well may be a preacher. We don't know. But see, it's our job, once them young'uns get saved, it's our job to edify them, which means to build them up and, and help them. And they got questions about the Bible. You adults, help them with that answer. See, that's the reason there that people get saved and newcomers, all of them's equipped with new King James Bibles. And see, that's the reason there. We just went and picked up some the other day that were on sale uh, over there at the, the Lifeway store. And see, the thing of it is, look, you cannot have and give away too much of God's Word. And if a person has a problem with a, with a church giving away God's Word, I say woe unto that person. Because we're, just, we're supposed to put the gospel in people's hands, amen? That's why we have the tracks. That's why we have the trifolds out there. For people to, to take and to give away and to invite people to church. That's the reason I got so excited about this mailer. This mailer is going into businesses and homes that we probably haven't mailed anything to. Amen. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. So what, how do we do, what do we do? How do we get laborers? Do we need those laborers out there? Why don't people come forward today to labor for Christ? Because they're so proud and they're full of pride and they're so, and they're so hung up on themselves that they won't give themselves to Christ. Amen, preacher. Uh, you can take a 16-penny nail and get you a good 20-ounce plum hammer and go like this right here and hit it right on the head right there. But see, we have to get over that. We have to do what we've got to do in our mission field. Now, I'm gonna, you know, now, now if you're a husband and wife, but you know that's good. And I'm going to say this. If you live at the same address, then uh, there's anybody else in this church, then you've got a double mission field. But see, if I'm not mistaken, about everybody in here lives at a different address, so that makes their mission field one. So you concentrate on your mission field around your house. You say, well, I live in the middle of 100 acres, and there ain't nobody around me for miles. And I say, bless God, drive and find somebody. you got to come out of there sometime and have your refuge and get food. Amen? So see, be a witness in your mission field. Leave gospel tracts where you go. Invite people where you where you go. And if you happen to cross paths with somebody else, then guess what? We just done double the work, and that's great. We've got double people. But see, the thing of it is, we've got problems in the world that are far more than pride and proud. Let me help you out. Reasons why we don't see laborers coming forth anymore today is because of worldliness. Worldliness. The world is offering so many things and the world is offering so many things for us that we, that we can do other than the work of God. Modernism. 
A lot of you probably didn't know that modernism is an ism. It is. Modernism. We have our phones. We have our, ta- our tablets. We have our computers. We have our cars. We have our four-wheelers. We have our boats. We have planes, trains, all these other things that we can play with. Model cars. These little, uh, Even these uh, uh, things that fly, these drones. All these modernisms that will help us to stay unfocused on the, wor- on the Word of God. Here we go with this thing. Another thing is rebellious. Rebellious. How do you spot rebellion? Well, I'll I'll help you out. How about chartreuse purple hair, bright pink hair, green hair? You weren't born with that tight colored hair. That ain't nothing but what just plum. That's nothing but plum rebellious. When you see the gothic crowd, they're so blacked out that you can't hardly even see them in the daytime, amen. With them old great big long boots and all this gothic mess on, black fingernails. And I'm going to say this today, men, you don't paint your fingernails. I don't know of a woman that likes a man with painted fingernails. They like men to be men. Go out there and work in the dirt. If you don't even know how to work in the dirt, go out there and fall down. Get your hands dirty, amen. I tell you, that burns my hide when I see, when I see uh, uh, parents training boys to be sissies. Boys are supposed to take stuff apart and then figure out and say, well, come to you and say, I, I took it apart. I ain't got a clue how to put it together. Well, we do get a little upset there when it's something nice, but the thing about it is they're boys being boys. Girls are supposed to have their fingernails painted and perfumed and mess like that right there. And I like that on my wife and girls. Don't want no woman coming up there with hands like they got soaked in 10W40 motor oil. Coming there to you and say, Hey, uh, your car's got a strip oil plug. I don't, that, that, ain't, that ain't it. That's, that's, that, ain't, that ain't what I'm talking about there. Y'all, and I, look, y'all seen these. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't hitting on this just because I'm hitting on it. Amen. Y'all seen it. How about being proud? We've already just talked about that. How about having too much pride? Oh, yeah, we've already talked about that, too. Puffed up, all full of themselves. If they were to get stuck by a cat claw briar, for those of you who don't know what that is, see me after the service, and they will go all across the room, amen. How about, how about arrogancy? People that are just so plumb arrogant that they won't give themselves to Christ. Amen? Yeah, that's right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. I can't handle somebody that's arrogant. Come here and think they know it all. That's when I ask them a question. I've got questions for arrogant people. I ask them, I said, just how many licks is there to a Tootsie Roll Pop? If you know everything. Amen? I got asked this question by a guy one time to come in when I was selling truck parts back at, on the counter at Triple T way back in the day. He come in and say he threw a, uh, a set of brake pads off in an Azuzu uh, truck up there on the counter. Know what they are? I said, yeah, wore out brake pads. And he said, yeah, you know what they're off of? I said, well, if I had to take a guess, the only pads we sell is for an Azuzu. So I would say an Azuzu. He said, you're right. He says, they don't last long. How long are they supposed to last? And I looked at him and I said, sir. 
how many licks is there to a Tootsie Roll Pop? And he looked at me and he says, what do you mean? I said, you're asking me how, many, uh, how long are breaks supposed to last? Everybody in this room breaks differently. So there's no way to know how long they are to last. But according to that wise old owl with them glasses that sits up there in the trees, there's three licks to a Tootsie Roll Pop. One, two, three. Y'all remember the commercial. <laughs> also, how about hidden sin? Hidden sin. How about the sin that we, you, that's hid only in the, in the, in, at home, at the house? Nobody else sees but you. Mm. See, hidden sin, somebody, we're out here in the world and we do right. We're just and we're holy. But when we get home, we live a life like hell because of the fact that it's hid. Nobody knows that it's like that. Amen? But let me tell you, that's exactly right. Those seeing eyes of God, He knows it all. Amen? See, another thing of the, that's another reason why we don't see labors is because of outright plumb open sin. Open sin. See, hidden sin something that you keep right. But see, there's some that don't care if you know that they're sinning or not. How about that crowd that's at the bars and honky-tonk? How about that crowd that, uh, that goes out there and stands there like that idiot is at the table with us eating Tuesday night? Every other word he was dropping was a cuss word. Yeah. I had it up to here with him. That waiter knew it at that Mexican restaurant. Because I was getting ready to go ula on him. And finally he got up and left. And then he was out, like I told y'all Tuesday night, he was out there trying to eat his girlfriend in the parking lot. Idiot. <laughs> Pants pulled down. Stupid. But see, the thing of it is, though, here's what I'm thinking. You know, all these things have got people, and there's more. We can go more. I can go into radio. I can go into television. I can go into the stuff that we look at on the computer and all this stuff here. But see, the thing of it is, all of it, all them things fit in the categories that were just mentioned. Here's the thing, church. We've got the, all these things that are taking us away from the house of God, and the laborers are getting fewer, and they're getting fewer, but yet there are people that are dying and the death clock now is at three and a half minutes one every three and a half minutes somewhere in the world what are we doing to prevent those people from going to hell what are we doing just since I've been up here there's been two people that's died amen so see here's the thing church we've got to, we have got to figure out a way how we can get laborers to go out there in the field these missionaries coming in and sharing their burden about going to the foreign field. I love missionaries, but let me say this to you today. What about what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 about home? Amen. When I was in evangelism and when I had those nursing home ministries and everything, was trying to get help to buy Bibles and buy supplies that them people needed, the churches rejected me. Because I weren't going to a foreign field, and I told them, bless God, I'm going to a foreign field. When I told them I had over 40 people saved in, in, during the term of our ministry and everything, they, their, their jaws dropped because of the fact that we didn't go in there and just sing songs. We went in there with a gospel message in five different nursing homes a week and we preached the gospel every time that we went in there. They heard the gospel and seeing that's where we are failing today, church. 
We're failing. Why are we failing? Because people are dying and going to hell still. And we've got the answer right here inside these four walls. So the question is, how can we harvest what God's had ready? That's the question. How can we harvest what God has ready? Number one, for the harvest, you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8 says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And look how Isaiah answered it in that same verse of Scripture. It said, Then said I, Here am I, send me. Sometimes if you've got a willing heart and you want to be used of God, maybe you just need to ask God to send you. Amen? I walked away from a six-figure income. I told this right here the other day to a uh, guy, and I, I said, he said that money was everything. I told him, I said, no, it's not. I said, I walked away from a six-figure income to come to Danville, Virginia, to preach the gospel. And I asked God over and over again, God, send me to a church where I can be used for your honor and glory, not people. He sent me to a foreign land. I've said this before. This is, to me is a foreign land. I'm still learning there. But Brother Mike asked me to go somewhere. Matter of fact, just yesterday, I had to get directions somewhere. And I called him and he was gracious enough to give me the directions. I, I don't know the area. Like Brother Larry and several more in here. But see, the thing of it is, you, are you willing to go into that foreign field? Sometimes, let me tell you something, church. Sometimes you might just have to get out of your comfort zone. Amen. Born and raised, Brunswick County. Y'all could never tell it by the language. <laughs> My eloquent speech and diversification thereof, y'all probably thought that I was British. <laughs> but see, the thing of it is, I even can figure out what a prawn is. Sure enough, prawns are shrimp. So I could go over yonder. If I got hungry in England and say, look here, I'm looking for prawns. They can point me the way. But I'll tell you what, I still ain't figured out how in the world a flashlight's called a torch. <laughs> and the trunk of a car, y'all going to be amazed, a boot. A trunk of a car is a boot. I'm thinking about something for my feet. Anyway, y'all think that my language, look at that. Anyway, if God is dealing with you there this morning on a ministry, why don't you just come to this old-fashioned altar and ask God if that's really what He's calling you to do. Amen? Look here. That new, that new uh, uh, Amazing Grace Saints ministry that we're going to be starting in January is one of many, many ministries that we can channel out of, the, out of the walls of this church. The Sunday school class that just got started for the ladies. And, for the, and that, if, when we start having teenage girls, those teenage girls will be inside that class. And the reason for that is this. It's because of the fact that it gets them in there and intermingled with the ladies of the church so they can help them. Amen? Amen. So that's what I'm saying. If God's good dealing with you on something, 
Go to Him. Let me tell you, if you if you pray and seek God and what He is calling you, you might just be surprised at what He's calling you to do. Amen? But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If God's calling you to a ministry, don't worry about what nobody else is doing. You focus on yourself. This second one here is going to step on toes. If you're willing, bless God, you've got to be faithful. 2 Chronicles 16, verse number 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong and on behalf of, of those whose heart is loyal to Him. And if you'll look inside of the, of the Bible there, of the King James Bible, I can't answer for them Queen James and all that other mess. But if, if you'll look in the King James, Second uh, Chronicles 16.9, you'll see that that last word is capitalized. That's referring to Jesus. Amen? See, here's the thing. God is looking for people whose whole heart is fully His and are loyal exclusively to Him. Why? It's because of the fact He wants people that He knows that are going to be committed and they're going to see it through. So let me tell you, I would love to look around here this morning and see that we had a crowd of 125, 150. I would love to see the crowd like we had on that 147 morning, every single morning. Amen? Amen? Amen. I had a preacher friend tell me he had 275 in church last Sunday. He told me that he prayed that God would send him to a church that had 50. I said, why in the world, brother? He said, but you just don't know the headaches. I told him, I said, look, I said, maybe you ain't prayed enough. And he says, well, maybe I hadn't. I'm telling you this, church. You got to be faithful. God honors faithfulness. We sing the song here from time to time. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. See, let me tell you something about faithfulness. God was so faithful that He went and gave His only begotten Son for us. Amen. He gave His Son knowing that His Son was going to come up and be raised and then get out there at 33 and a half, 34 years old. Uh, ever what the, uh, some people want to debate the age. I'm debating the thing is that Jesus went to the cross and died for me. That's the only thing that I'm, I'm concerned with. Uh, number is something that goes along with it. Jesus went to the cross for me. That's God giving His only begotten Son. God gave heaven's best for my wretched, rotten soul. And God was faithful. He didn't get halfway there being God. He could have and said, you know something, I'm not going to follow through with this. This is final. I'm not going to do it. But God, He didn't do that. He went all the way to the cross for us. Amen? Amen? That's faithfulness. That's how we should be. If we're going to start a ministry, we're going to be, uh, we need to be found faithful to it. And I want you to do this. And I want you to do, what, do it the way Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says. Do it heartily as unto the Lord Christ because you receive the reward of the inheritance. Now I paraphrase those two verses, but it's in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. 
But then we need to make sure that we do it with our whole heart and we do it and be loyal to God. And when we're loyal to God, He will bless the ministry that we started and He will honor it and He will just take control of it. Amen. But we've got to submit to Him. Number three, be a finisher. Mm. Be a finisher. Finish the project. Finish the ministry. What does the Bible say about being a finisher? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. Here's the most mispronounced word that's in the Bible. Always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, we all know that the, mis- world, that the number one mispronounced book of the Bible is what? Revelation. Well, here's the word in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 28, verses 19 and 20. The word always, everybody always as a S. This word is singular. It's telling you to do this. If it was plural, that means it's for everybody, including the lost. Jesus spoke it, that means it's for the, uh, for the redeemed. Church. If you're going to get the project, if you're going to do it, finish it. Amen? Well, how do you know, preacher, when, the, when, it, when it's over? Trust me, trust me, when it is finished, God will let you know that the project's finished. I knew two months going into, before we even, were, uh, even none of this right here was, was going on, and I was called to this church, and I knew before I, before I even was, came to preach the first time, I told Cheryl, I said, Cheryl, God's shutting down this ministry. She looked at me and she said, how do you know? I said, I can feel it. I said, God is shutting down Tabernacle Baptist Ministries. When God gives you that feeling, let me tell you, the best thing you can do is follow it. Amen. There's no trying to do better. There's no trying to do anything. And then it was all made delight to me. Because of the fact, I, if I would have went and done all this prior to running ahead of the Lord, it would have been in vain. I sat and waited. So see, being a finisher is letting God finish the project, let Him finish the work that He has, and then what we do, we go out there and we do the job, and we got God's blessing on it, and He will help us to be just who we are, the finisher that we need to be. That way He can receive all the harvest, and see, it's not about us getting the harvest, it's about Him. The Bible tells us that, you know, that we are to decree that He must increase. We've got to de- we got to decrease for him to increase. Amen. These uh, two verses tell us to go far and wide, but it says nothing about stopping. Because it says, Go ye therefore, teach in all nations. We, are, we need preachers. I'm praying that some of these young boys right here that are getting or receiving, helping with the offering, there may be an usher in, in an upcoming future, may be a deacon, they may be preachers, may be a missionary, may be an evangelist. We need more of this. But let me say this. We need to make sure that those, all these young people are taught that the King James Bible is the Word of God. It is, it is the inerrant Word of God. 
is the infallible Word of God, and there's nothing wrong with it. It is perfect from every page that's in it, and we need to make sure we have these people trained up and that they rise up to stand just that way. That they're finishers when they take on the ministry. When when I'm dead and I'm gone, you don't need some, uh, some little pansy up here. You need a man to God that will stand and preach the gospel and that he'll stand with the King James Bible and keep it going on until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Amen? Amen? We need more people like this that will rise up and take that stand. And that's what's happened today. They're getting salt. They're getting lily lizard. And out there and and just doing all these things that are doing away with the Word of God. And churches, I'm telling you, We see it all the time. That's why I keep saying over and over again, when you look at the statistics, the contemporary churches are dying because of the standards that they don't have and the people want some standards. They want to know what what the truth is and that's what teenagers want is the truth. They don't want somebody to come up there and sugarcoat it. They want the truth. Amen? Amen. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, go on YouTube and Google Wahoo Baptist Church Youth Rally. That's the name of the church, Wahoo. It's in a campground in Georgia. Look at that youth rally. They don't have these light, laser light shows. Smoke from hell and all that stuff blowed in there. It's a great big open building. They got preachers in suits that stand there just like myself that preach the truth to them kids. You ought to hear it going on in there. They'll have over 500 at that youth rally they have. And you know, a year before last, it was canceled because they don't have it in the summertime. They have it in the winter and snow canceled it. It was so deep in snow that the people couldn't get there. So see, you don't have to get out there and sugarcoat it and all this stuff right here. You just need to give the truth. But number four, you need to be mature and ripe. Amen. Amen? Amen, I learned this at a young age on a triple dog dare. If you triple dog dare, you got know that if you're below 20 years old, you've got to do it. And I was told, you know, you, you know, the apples on the crab apple tree taste just like the apple on the apple tree. And I told him, I said, man, you can't eat them things. My cousin says, well, he looked at me and said, yeah, you can. I said, no. I said, a deer walked past them things. I said, a possum won't even have. He looked at me and he told me, he said, triple dog dare to eat one. So I had to eat one. I did, well, I didn't eat it. I, I, ate the, I bit the, the hunk out of it. Whew. Man, it took me two days to get that taste out of my mouth. Those of you ain't never eat one of them, you're my bitter Lord Jesus, I pray. But see, then I, ter- I triple dog dare him to eat a persimmon off the tree. Oh, yeah. Rule from the south, or especially Brunswick County, number one, eat all of the persimmons from the ground that you want. Leave the tree alone. There's for a reason. Ooh, man, we talking rough. You hear me? I'm talking rough. But see, a mature, ripe tomato. Y'all can say amen. 
Brother Mike, in my case, a mature, ripe cantaloupe. And I had some good cantaloupe this past summer. Mm. Take that honey put on there. Man, ain't nothing no better. But let me tell you something. Now you take, y'all don't know what you're missing. Y'all ain't, your face freezes that way, be in trouble. Don't knock it till you try it. Amen. What we need is mature, ripe Christians. What we need is mature, ripe Christians. I'm talking about Christians that know what thus saith the Lord. I'm talking about Christians that are seasoned in the Word of God. What Brother Mike Penland says is so true. It ain't about, it ain't about the number of beans in the pot. It's about how them beans in the pot season. I'd rather have one bean that's seasoned real well than I would a whole pot of beans that ain't got no taste. Amen? And I've had tomatoes this year that didn't have no taste. I was amazed. This great, big, beautiful, plump tomato. Sliced. No taste. But I had a little one at the house. I brought it there and that thing was full of of, of taste. But see, the thing of it was that one big, nice, plump, pretty tomato, it looked pretty on the outside. They want nothing on the inside. But a little small tomato, oh, it was nice and tasty. See, and both of them right. Both of them looked like a tomato. Both of them smelt like a tomato. They even felt like a tomato. We got Christians today that look like Christians, praise like Christians, Sing like Christians. Pray like Christians. Live a life like hell when they get at home. Hmm? Hidden sin. Going right back to it again. See, mature Christians will grow in the Bible. The Bible tells a seasoned, mature Christian to study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth in 2 Timothy 2.15. It tells the seasoned Christian. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Over in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So see, we need to get back to where we're seasoned, mature, Mature, ripe Christians. That way, when somebody is needing uh, so, uh, uh, comes to you and they say, I, "I've got this problem," you'll know what scripture verse to give them. Instead of John three sixteen, the answer for everything. And it is. But see, the thing of it is, if somebody comes up to you drunk as a owl and hung over from the uh, night before, and you come up and say, what you need is John 3.16. No, what you need to do is sound the warning about the strong, the curse of the strong drink over in Proverbs. Amen. <laughs> see, you sound the warning. You say, to, you know, a lost person say, well, I, uh, you go up there and, you, and they say, I, 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 I'm saving. You ask them the three W's. What changed in their life? Like when, where, and what? And they, and they answer those questions and you look at them and say, well, you know, and, and they say, well, nothing changed in my life. What are you going to do? <laughs> See, we need to make sure that we're, that we're mature, that we're grounded in what thus saith the Lord. Amen? And see, that's like when somebody comes to you and asks you, Hey, 
What come first, chicken or the egg? What's going to be your answer? My answer is this, and you can use it if you want. I say, look, I'll answer your question if you answer mine first. Well, what's your question? If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? Look at how fast I turned the, uh, turned the page. Now, we all know the answer to the chicken and the egg theory. If you don't know the answer, go to the, uh, Genesis and look at day five. It answers it. But see, the thing of it is, though, church, we need to be seasoned, we need to be mature, and we need to be ripe in Christ. Amen? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that we may grow thereby. See, here's what. Newborn, newborn babies, they need to be fed. The mamas hold that bottle up there. If I hold that bottle up there with one of ours, the next thing I know, they're throwing up all over me. Cheryl would hold them and they'd drink it down and all oh, this right here and the baby would hold up up here and the baby would burp and everything like that. It would be, I said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> Thank you. See, babies know. So we'll get dad. And I'll go ahead and say this right here today. I'm going to make this public. I can't back it up with scripture. So this is a rayology. Women have got the strongest good I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Nothing grosses out a woman. Here, honey. Rotten. Oh, there's no... Y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. Like, whew, where'd that come from? Think about this. Being mature, what does this verse say? When new converts get saved, they are anxious and they want the Word of God. And I'm going to use Sister Betty's granddaughter. She's, ever since she's got her purple Bible that she picked out, I had a pink one and a purple one in the office just for the little girls, and she wanted a purple one. She come and she's been asking for help finding scriptures ever since. When was the last time, adults, you actually got your Bible and, and, and asked for help from where something is in the Bible? Hmm? Let me ask you this, adult. I'm going to ask you a different question this morning. If you've got a red Bible, hold it up. Who's got a red Bible? Hold it up. Amen. I didn't say R-E-D. I said R-E-A-D. You better be reading it. Amen. Amen? Let me tell you, this is what church is about. It's about holding, it's about knowing the Word of God, having the Word of God, taking the Word of God with you wherever you go. You get, look, everybody gets hung up on the color red. I say, look, to have a red Bible, you've got to read it. See, this is what we talk about. New converts are babes in Christ. We need to help them get seasoned in the Word. And I want, we, uh, want us for all the new converts to help them stay in the Word. Who knows? Like I said, one of them may be a preacher one day. One of them may be a missionary. But see, as the days go by with preaching, Sunday school, and daily studying, you will start to mature in the Word. If you'll just get in and get rooted. Look, let me tell you something. We don't have Sunday school for the sake of doing it. We do it because it's a time of God where the Word of God is taught, not preached. 
It's taught. That's what Sunday school is for. That's the reason on Sunday nights we're walking through the book of Revelation. I've had so many people say, well, when are we going to go through the book of Revelation? Well, guess what? We're there and the people, some of the people that ask for it don't even come. I don't understand it. We're going through it. It's going to take probably over a year, year and a half to go through it because we're doing it a different way. We're doing it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And church, the only way you're going to get it is to get in and get rooted in the Word. Next thing is, be the worker. Be the worker. Let me say this by the Bible's authority. The Bible says that we're saved unto good works, not by works. That's Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10 says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That tells us that once we're saved, that God has ordained us to go to work for Him and for His cause, and we're not saved by it, but we're to walk therein. Amen. Just go to work. If it's cleaning the church, if it's cleaning the, uh, uh, or typing the bulletin, or if, it's, or if it's going out there mowing the grass, or if it's going out there blowing the leaves off, which we have an abundance of, if it's out there to change the church sign, say, I got an idea to something that goes on the church sign. Well, put it on the church sign, amen. All these things and more. Going to the nursing homes and visiting, writing cards, uh, doing all these things. All these things are ministries within itself. Amen. I heard a report this, when I, uh, yesterday when I was out on visitations. I was out there and, and somebody said, yeah, one of your church members come by. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And he said, I was so glad to see somebody. Now, I've been in over there and see it thrilled my soul. This morning, I got the same report that they went out visiting. Well, see, I already knew about it, but I, the look on their face was pleased because God honored the visitation. Sister Betty Edwards over there is a prime example of in Roman Eagle. I didn't even recognize her. Church. Let me tell you, you can go and make these visitations. You say, well, I've got to get the pastor's permission. No, you don't. Just go. Just go. When was the card? Mail a card to Brother Sammy and Sister Sandra who have been sick for the last several weeks with strep throat and all this other stuff that's going on. Uh, Sister Mo, uh, uh, Joyce number two sitting right here. She, she's been down and out with uh, uh, back and hip pain and everything. I'm glad to see her this morning. But see, we and, you know, and I'm contacting her over text and stuff like this. But see, the thing of it is, church, reach out. Help somebody. Be a help. Jude 22 is still in the Bible. And if some have compassion making a difference, reach out. Just help somebody. That's like, you know, around here, I mentioned two things around here. Both of those things have been done by somebody. And I praise the Lord for it. We had a window down at the other end of the building that was leaking. We had a leak that's up here for uh, an eternal leak that's been solved, bless God. But see, the thing of it is, there's people out there that can do these ministries and they're willing to if you just ask them. But see, sometimes, you know, going out there, if the ox is in the ditch, bless God, don't ask, get the ox out the ditch. Amen? We just need the church to sometimes come out of our comfort zone. 
We need to come out of our comfort zone to get the message of the Lord Jesus Christ out into a lost and dying world. I had somebody tell me, Preacher, there's not a lot that I can do. And I said, I understand. But, you know, I was thinking when I was reading the text, this text come to me and says there's not a lot I can do, so I have decided that I'm going to be a prayer warrior. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the church. And bless God, even pray, uh, praying for me as I travel. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say something this morning. I'm going to make this public. And that person said they weren't doing nothing. Sadly mistaken. When a person prays for the church and they pray for the preacher, they pray for the things going on around the church, that it will go and everything, that person's done a lot. Capital letters. Amen. And I'm telling you today, church, be that prayer warrior. If you know of somebody in the church that's down and out, let the word not be known so that way we can, we can start prayer, uh, praying and start a, a prayer within the church. That way we can get out on one call and everything. Look, you're th- and I, hear, I heard this, I don't want to hear it no more. I don't call you preacher because I don't want to bother you. Bless God, it bothers me when I don't hear from you. The only way that I find out is when you call me and let me know. We say, well, you work. Well, I work. I got a job. No problem. There's two phones. I got a company phone. I got a church phone. As far as I know, if Sister Lynn was in here, the church phone's paid for. Amen. So bless God, call. And then when I'm in Mount Airy, don't worry about it. It goes to voicemail. I will eventually be able to get it, and I'll get it, and I'll, I'll return the call. But see, the thing of it is, church, we've got to be that worker. There's all kinds of things that people can do that doesn't require physical labor. Praying, calling, sending cards. A a card ministry is a ministry, a large ministry within itself. And don't believe it. Don't it make you feel good when you get something in the mail that ain't a bill? Y'all adults say amen. Let's do what God called you to do. And, 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 and let Christ, and if Christ, He'll convict you if you're not doing the right thing. He'll convict you to get you where you're going. And let me tell you something, church. Don't worry about what other people are doing or not doing. Do it for Christ because I'm going to tell you something. What the, those people that aren't doing anything that you're worrying about, God already has their, uh, their number and He's already looking. And bless God, when they go to the Bema seat, they will have to answer for everything that they do to a just and holy God, not to any individual. They will answer directly to Jesus Christ for the things that they could have and the things that they should have done because of the fact they didn't. So don't worry about it. You just need to worry on yourself and what God's ministry is for you. And closing, are you willing to be a harvester for God? Are you willing to be a harvester to get out there into the fields, get into the highways and byways, and to compel people to come into the house of God so that the Father's house will be filled? Are you that person that's willing to be that harvester? Are you that person that's willing to go and to tell? My prayer is that you are. Are you ready? Mature and ripe. Are you ready to be that, that harvester that, that, that's willing to take the Scriptures and to be that study warrior and to be that prayer warrior and to be the one to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to be that person. And lastly, 
God knows. And you know. God knows and you know. Let me tell you something. I'm a Brunswick County redneck preacher. It's not real difficult to pull stuff over my eyes. And I've said this before. You want to fool me? That's fine. God knows the answer. But let me tell you something. God wants you to do it, not by grudgingly. He wants you to do it with a cheerful heart. Because if you're going to do it with a grudge, just don't do it. But I'm saying this today. Go into the fields because I'm telling you in 2017, in a couple weeks, it'll be 2018, the fields are ready for harvest. People out there in this world are wanting one thing. And they're not wanting something made up. They're not wanting something fake. They're wanting something real. They're wanting something that is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17 says it. That's what we need to give them. Is sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And I'll tell you something else that you can give, especially during this holiday season called Christmas. Love. A shy dog even knows if you love them. I still think about Dixie and how that, that old shy dog would come up there and eat them crackers out of my hand. And one day she let me pet her on the head. She knew then I wasn't going to hurt her. But she loved them four square Lance crackers and potted meat as good as I do. Y'all could say amen. My thing is this. Do you want to be a harvester? Every head bowed, every eye closed.